You might like to turn in your Bible, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah and uh, chapter 5. And in our study of Jeremiah, you would recall, if you would, keeping in mind, I'll read verse chapter 5 and verse 1. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and know, and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. So God is looking, seeking, searching out uh, to see who is who and what they believe and, and to see if anyone is a resting and looking to God in a, for his grace and mercy. And that's what he's doing. Now, having said that, here's Israel. Israel is a, as a nation, is God's nation. Uh, their history is a history uh, of prophets and kings. And uh, here we are in Jeremiah's day, and they have the temple still. And so there are people that have been in, in and about uh, the consciousness of God. So of all, if you all the places to live on earth, uh, Israel was a place that you would have had to say uh, that uh, it's a place where God is thought about or considered or whatever. It's a place where you'd think about God. Uh, the trouble is the people that are there aren't thinking about God and using it in our way. Uh, here we are. We're a Christian nation, quote unquote. Uh, we have churches and Bibles and we have all those things, uh, just like they did. Now, hang on, you got that? So where we are. Now, verse 2. And though they say, the Lord liveth, surely uh, they swear falsely. Now, so we just said that. They, God is God, and church, and Bible, and everything. Yep, we got them all. But God said, you really don't. I'm looking for it. You talk about, you use the terms God, etc., but you don't know me. Therefore, verse 3, O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive the correction. They don't want to correct anything. They have made their faces harder than a rock, not soft, but harder, and the end of verse 3, uh, in the end, they have refused to return. So they have left God, even though, even though they talk about God and everything else. As far as you know, it's, they're God's people, and in one sense that's true. Now, so here they are doing that. And having done and being all of those things, over if I can, chapter 6. And then right next door, God is going to say again, verse 16, 6 and 16. Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. 
But they said, we will not walk it therein. So God reminded them they needed to get back on track. They needed to get back into a relationship to God. Uh, but they aren't doing that, uh, and they don't want to do that. Verse 17, Also I set watchmen over you, saying, Hearken, listen to the sound of the trumpet. Uh, but they said, We will not hearken, we will not listen, we will not heed. So here we are now, sliding along, if I can, uh, over to chapter 23. And in chapter 23, picking up in thought, oh, you'll catch it in verse 24 directly. 23 and 24. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see, saith the Lord? See him, saith the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord. Uh, they're all, everyone's in my presence, but no one honors my presence. So, as far as everything is concerned for Israel, uh, they, everything is okie-dokie with them. And they're all set, and uh, they don't need anything. Uh, but there's no God. There's no sense of God. Just, but the God, but God's there. Bible's there. The, People going to church and using our terms, etc. Now, having said that, over if you would please to chapter 29. And in chapter 29, you remember the, without doing all of that, in the captivity, uh, they're headed there. Uh, in uh, in uh, 70 years captivity under Nebuchadnezzar and the temple will isn't down yet but it will be burned down and the city ruined now therefore therefore when that when that 70 years are up and they've and they've gone back a remnant has gone back to Jerusalem and in the process they are going to be in a place where verse 12 you shall call upon me and you, shall, and you shall go and pray unto me. Well, they weren't doing that up to this point. Not at all. Not at all. And I will hearken. I will hear you. Now, then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray, verse 12 again, unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your hearts. So God's going to move them. Now, why do they need to search for him? They're right in his presence. But they've ignored him and are indifferent to him. So for all practical, in all practical reality, he's not there, as far as they're concerned. And their hope, their help, going to have to come from humans or some other source it can't come from God because we don't honor God. We don't think about God. God isn't thought about. Now, so having said that, and then verse 14, I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into this place, this back to Jerusalem, 
uh, when so I caused you to be carried away captive. I caused Nebuchadnezzar to come in and level the city in judgment, and I will bring you back after 70 years uh, back to this, this city, and you'll build a little temple uh, in the days of Ezra, Nehemiah, etc. Now, so having said that, here we are looking, and the, what I wanted you to think about is that why did God have to tell people that you'll, the day is going to come when you will seek me, when you're supposed to have been in my presence all the time? Why do you have to seek God when you're in his presence? Because you forgot God. God's just missing. Now, having that in mind, we then proceeded to consider, and we share together the key in Hebrews 11:6, without faith it's impossible, impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God must believe that he, what? He is. And as he is a rewarder, a payer in full, payer in full, of all those that diligently, one word, diligently seek him. He pays in full. Seek me and you'll find me. What's the key? God. We have to look to God. Sin separates us from God, and we have to seek God to recover. By what for? Why should we do so? Because Christ died on the cross to make that possible. Now, having said that, and keeping that in mind, so that's the key. You've got to believe that he is. Is, is. Right now, here, now, all the time, forever, ever. We're always in his presence. Now, having said that, we also added, in the last time or so, uh, chapter 17 of Acts, and we shared together uh, that uh, God made it clear to the Athenians. Uh, he made it clear to them that uh, God was there, and the Athenians, the Greeks, there. And he says to them, Acts 17, that you want, I want you to know, you can, if, even if you search for me like a blind man in a dark room, searching, searching, trying to find me, if you do that, if you even do that, you'll find me. You'll find me. And I want you, then he adds that wonderful statement, Every one of you, I am in, you're in my presence. How far away are you, God? You're not. So how far do we go to get God? We don't. We don't have to go far at all. Did you tell the unsaved Athenians that? Yes, I told them that. I told them that. They were in the presence of God. But they had to believe, and of course that's something else. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, and we shared together in Romans 1 and 18, 19, 20, 21, that God, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, etc., etc., and they didn't want to know God. So why is the world, why don't the world be God-conscious in a God kind of way, not a religious kind of way, but a God kind of way? Because, because they don't want to know God. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want light. Think of Sunday, Sunday and all of that. They don't want to have light. So now, and we share together in John, uh, he told the Jews, the Jews in the Lord's Day, he told them in John 5 and that, search the scriptures from them, 
you think you have eternal life, and they talk about me. So they had the Bible, they read it in the synagogues. <laughs> they would read it in the temple, and they would read the Bible, open the scroll of Isaiah or something, and they would do all that. Uh, but they didn't know God, and they didn't find God. Now, therefore, therefore, if I can, over in O, one of the place uh, that will help, uh, that I'm trying to remind you, uh, myself, uh, the, the sequence. So it isn't a question of uh, why, why do you say that? Seek God with all your heart and you'll find him. Why do you say that? Because you need to do it. But you want your God, you're never far away. No, but that is only true when you're thinking in the light. In the dark, you don't think like that. In the dark, you don't think like that at all. So now, over to Psalm 119. And just where we were, picking up in thought again. And in Psalm 119, just refreshing our memory, and a wonderful psalm that keeps talking, has the whole Hebrew alphabet. And in the process, uh, chapter not one, 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 119, verse 2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. So God, you're seeking seekers that seek him. Now, if you seek him with all your heart, you're going to find him. Sliding down, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according thereto, according to thy word. Verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Let me, O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Now, so if I'm looking at God's word, that's going to help me remind, my, remind us of God's wonderful person. And I'm going to do that with my whole heart, with my whole heart, not half a heart, not quarter of a heart, not a little bit of thing. Uh, you're trying different solutions, and one of them is God on your sheet. You've got a sheet of paper looking for solutions. And uh, God's one of them, and check it off. No, not that way. And the end, and you could keep reading in all of those verses. So when you come to the end of Psalm 119, Psalm 176, all the way to the end, like in the beginning, so in the end. And in Psalm 119, 176, the psalmist is going to close. The believing heart, I have gone astray like, like a lost sheep. What a lost sheep need to be found. Lost sheep need to be found. Think of Luke 15. I, didn't, I came to find one lost sheep out there. I'm looking for a lost sheep. It's lost. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how is it in? I, verse 176, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. Why? For I do not forget thy commandments. God, God, here I am out there, and I want you to find me. But that's the heart, that heart's looking for God. Because he said, I want to seek you, God, with my whole heart. And God, I've been all through, and then you have all the different things that he has to go through. And, uh, and but God, you've got you've to help me and find me. So now, having said that, keeping that in mind, over, if you would please, back over to Jeremiah. 
and at chapter 29. And Jeremiah chapter 29, picking up please, at, at just the, so you see it at the starting point again. Uh, Jeremiah 29, picking up please, uh, in verse 14. Uh, verse 14 and 13 actually. Find me and be found of you in verse 14. Now, what do we have? We have a verb, and the verb means to go and to go and to go and seek God with all the heart, and uh, that's what you're going to do. So, looking for God, you're going to go and seek to find him. And that means to make, the word to find means to make someone visible, to make something you can't see become visible, to make it appear, to make it to exist, to show oneself, to show oneself alive, to show, give an appearance, if you would, an appearance, God. So, I'm gonna, you're going to find me find me. Now, so in the light of that, over, if you would, to Isaiah, that's the word, looking. If you're going to seek me, you're going to find me. Now, and you know, well, we're going to jump ahead. Over, if you would, please, uh, in your Bible to Isaiah and chapter 55. Now, God, what did you tell the Israelites back in the days of Assyria and thereafter. Isaiah 55, picking up right in the light of the context. Seek ye the Lord, verse 6, 55, 6. Seek ye the Lord, there's your little verb. Search him out, search out, investigate, go down and take things apart to find, find something. Uh, seek ye the Lord while he may be found, there's your verb. Well, he may, they can find him. Call ye upon him, call upon him while he is near. So you can, he's near, uh-huh. You only step away from everyone on planet Earth, and you, if you seek him, uh, he may be found. Now, and remember, like in Isaiah, like in Amos, we did it, Amos 8 and all of that, last time, uh, God said, in the days of the uh, 10 tribes in the north, they're gonna, when, here's Assyria, their, their whole system is so corrupt. Priesthood, religious sacrifices, everything's so bad. God said, you're gonna seek me when the, when the storm comes and you're not gonna find me. You will not find me. And you're gonna search all over, but you will not find me. So God, where are you, where are you? And the people panic and what's happening? But where's God? Ever hear that in the histories and crises in our history in the world? Where's God? Where's God? Now, so having said that, Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. God, you're right there. Uh-huh, right there. All you have to do, you want to do it while you can do it, because the time will come when you maybe can't do it. First Chronicles, chapter 28. And in 1 Chronicles, chapter 28, and picking up in thought, Solomon is going to be instructed by his father David. And remember, David sought God with his whole heart. 
Now, and Solomon ultimately didn't, but, but, in the, so it wasn't a question, Solomon wasn't told properly. First uh, Chronicles 28 and verse 9. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect, whole, complete heart, and with a willing mind. Why? For the Lord searcheth, seeks, investigates all hearts. That's what, remember to David, how did David, David, God looks in his heart. Verse 9 again, the middle of the verse, searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If, Solomon, you seek him, he will be found of you, of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. So Solomon was instructed by his father uh, to seek God, to seek God with his whole heart, and to do so. And he needed to do so. The trouble is that God, Solomon, didn't get that far. Like David, his father, he didn't get that far. Now, having said that little bit, and keeping that in mind, if you would, now, take a little exercise, and uh, we'll exercise to try to get this in. You got a little bit, you seek him, God's there, and uh, you know, in uh, without, in uh, Genesis 6 and verse 8, etc., Noah, Noah found, there's your verb, Noah found grace. Remember, Noah walked with God. Noah found grace. He has all of the humanity in the days of the Genesis flood uh, before that, and here they all are. But Noah, Noah had to be seeking, and he found God's grace. And we won't take time, but if you went to Exodus 33, what did Moses do? Moses found grace. And Moses, Moses, God introduced himself in the burning bush as we shared, and, and, he, and, and Moses had a wonderful interaction with God on the top of the mountain, Mount Sinai, and in all of those wonderful things. And here's Moses, and Moses found grace. And he wasn't going to go anywhere. If you read that whole wonderful section, uh, Noah wasn't going to go anywhere without his grace. God, I'm not going anywhere without you without your presence. That's what he said. Now, so there's Noah and there's Moses now. So therefore, pick up if we can, uh, over in, oh, to do it. I, Hosea, Hosea chapter 14. Remember Israel in the days of Amos and that. Here's Israel, and Israel is going to repent and, and seek God. Remember, if the, when they seek God, uh, when you go and pray and seek, oh, God said, I'll hear and you'll seek me, and you'll find me. Now, so the future is a wonderful, wonderful outlook for the Israelite. And in the process, in the process, Isaiah chapter, uh, excuse me, Hosea chapter 14 uh, picking up, please, uh, if I can, uh, in, oh, you'll catch the flavor of it, uh, in verse 8. Remember, Israel's going to get get their act right with God. Back over to chapter 14, uh, verse 1. O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen 
by thine iniquity. And so Israel is going to return around, and that's what's going to happen in that day. It's going to take the tribulation to do the great work in the days of the, uh, before the coming of the Lord. Verse 8, 14 and 8. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? They're going to quit. They're no, all done with idolatry. All done. What do I have to do anymore with idols? I have heard him and observed God looking, looking at Israel. I have, I have, I, God said, I am like, I am like a green fir tree. And from me, from me, said God, is thy fruit found. You're going to find fruit. You're going to have such relationship to me, you're going to be very fruitful. Think of Psalm 1. Plant a tree planted by the waters and it never, never runs out. It doesn't matter about the weather or anything. Enemies, bugs, the tree just keeps growing. Wow. Jeremiah 17, the same thing to the man who's, woman who's trusting God. So God, here we are. God, you're going to go. And uh, when the hearts get right with God, you're going to go and be a very fruitful tree. A tree. And you're going to be able to have an abiding and uh, they're going to bring all kinds of relationship that benefits from being in the presence of God, like in the presence of a fruit tree. Now, having said that, over to Psalm 32. So the future is very bright. So here we are, God, seeking to get a handle on it. And you recall again uh, Psalm 32, picking up, please, uh, in, oh, in... Oh, we'll pick it up in a little bit of background uh, in verse 4. Verse 5. I acknowledge, well, you've got to have verse 4 for that. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Silah. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, said David, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. So David wasn't trying to find forgiveness. He was going to exercise God's forgiveness, just like we do, only far more so. Verse, verse 6, for this, for this shall everyone that goeth is godly pray unto me, for unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. There's your little verb, to find. Mm -hmm. When you can be found. And, and you've got to pray when we can find God, because it's possible to pray and you're not going to find God. So therefore, verse 6, uh, In a time when thou mayest be found, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. They're not going to come nigh near you at all. For thou art, verse 7, my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble, and thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass surround me with, with about with songs of deliverance. And God, you're going to do a wonderful thing. Now, so I had to seek God, and David did after his sin. And God forgave his sin. And what did David find? God's wonderful, wonderful blessing. Now, David, do you have to go and seek God some more? No. No. Uh, are you going to seek God tomorrow? No. 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 I'm looking to God in his presence. The Lord is thinking, oh, they don't have time to do it uh, in uh, uh, Psalm 18. Well, you want John, far away, why not? Over to Psalm 18. 
And in Psalm 18, picking up, please, directly if I can, in verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my God, rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, my shield, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. God, you're all my, 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 all, yep, all my. Verse 16, he sent me, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered, verse 17, he delivered me from my strong enemy, and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my, my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Now God, now David, I don't hear any seeking. Now I don't have to seek. The Lord is my shepherd. My, 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 that's right. I don't have to go anywhere. So I have to learn that because the 99.9% .9 of the humans are not practicing the presence of God. They don't even think about God. I mean, most, many people, too many people. They don't think about God. No, even so-called, even Christians don't think about God. Not that much. Nope, only now and then, wow. And they lose out. They just plain lose out. So now, back over, if you would, over to Psalm 46. And in Psalm 46, picking up the thought, and you would recall, wonderful psalm, and uh, the very first thing that you might even remember, God is our refuge, and the strength and strength, a very present help in trouble. And the little word, very present, a very present, wonderful, wonderful, very present a much found, much, very much found, very present, much found. He's a much found help. We find God. He's a big help. Say it in another way. He's a big help. He's a great help. Wow. That's Psalm 46, 1. God is a refuge and strength, and, strength, and he's a great help. He's a great found help in the midst of trouble. If anyone can help you in trouble, God can. God can do it. There's no question. And in the process, sliding down, sliding uh, down if I can, uh, to verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's our refuge. And to do it again in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So God, how far? Just have to think about it. All we're doing is trying to simply put just plain old common sense together and pay attention to reality. That's what we're trying to do. And God, here we are looking, seeking to understand more and more for better and better. Now, having said that little bit and keeping that in mind, over if you would please, oh, to uh, some. Uh, no, no, uh, John, John chapter 16. John chapter 16, picking up in thought. And in John chapter 16, 
Remember, now we're looking, seeking God, and when you seek God, uh, you should, uh, if you seek God with your heart, you'll find him. Now, so what do we know? Well, we'll pick up this first. John chapter 16, our Lord said, you'll remember, uh, chapter 16, picking up all in, let me turn the page, uh, 32, 16 and 32. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own. You shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone. Why is that? Because the Father is with me. I'm not alone. Now, I'm trying to think of the where did God say, where did the Lord say in those three and a third years, where did he say, I had to seek God? Where did he have to go? When did he have to seek God? He never had to seek God. He was always in his presence. He was never alone. You're never alone if you're saved. And even if you're unsaved, <laughs> you're never alone. <laughs> you're never alone. So, God, here we are. Now, what else do we know? Now, God, what did you do when you made us new creatures in Christ Jesus? You went and, and uh, made us new creatures in Christ. And that what happens? Well, we found ourselves, God placed us as new creatures in his son. Now, if, the uh, silly illustration, I can try it, maybe. Uh, here's, the, here's the glass of water. If the water's in the glass, and it is, when does the water have to seek the glass? Does that make sense to you? When does the water have to seek the glass? Just a question. When does it have to hunt for the glass? It never has to hunt for the glass because the water's in the glass. If you're saved, you have to be in Christ. You understand? So where are you going to go to seek him, seek him, seek him, seek him? Where are you going to go? <laughs> you don't. And when you start using and un using, you're using God, forgive me, and all. We get all of those terms. God has already done something, and we're busy trying to do, redo it, undo it, and to say it in a different way. And we and we and we're there, and we wonder why we it never sort of comes together like that for us. So all of it exists, but we don't. It doesn't come together. So I prayed, I prayed, I did this. Well, tell me, how did it come out? And, and the, 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 there's nothing, I don't hear the positive, positive, wonderful. God did it, a wonderful thing. Because we don't do it as God with understanding. God made us new creatures in Christ. And the other way, turn it around, God did what? God put you, in, and God took you, and when you received him as your Savior, Colossians 1.27, Christ in you the what? Christ in you the hope of glory. Now, where do you go to get Christ? If you have received him as your Savior, he has to be. Where? In, in your heart. Ooh, in your heart. 
He has to be in your heart. You can't be saved if it isn't true. But you have to believe it. God, it's God. It, it, don't try to use your human fleshly rationale and things because we're talking about the spirit world and that's a whole realm uh, that's out of our reach. Except we are that and we're bound. Why? Because you're in a body, earthly, and your whole sensitivity, your whole sens sensory, your whole sensory perceptions are earthly. Eyes, ears, nose, mouth, smell, all taste, all earthly. So we're governed by it. Unless we reach out past it, then we're governed by that. And it flavors, it influences our thinking, our feelings, etc., etc. Now God, so here we are looking, God, and you do a wonderful thing in our head and heart, and we need to understand that. But I, so, so, and then, then, without getting into that, I don't find seeking, like in the Old Testament, is seeking, but why isn't it in the New Testament? Because you're already found. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you get saved. And you're new creatures. Everything is done. So you don't hunt, that's why all the epistles, turn all the letters, Philippians and all of them, turn the pages, and you're gonna find what? If the whole thing is to outwork your relationship by way of the cross to our Lord Jesus Christ, so that you understand you have a unique relationship to God here and now. So I don't find hunting for God, finding God, looking for God, because it isn't there. Because we're already there. We're already where we should be if we're resting in God's wonderful person. And that's an awesome thing, to say the least. Now, God, and you're going to go and do a wonderful thing in our head and heart. Now, having said that and keeping that in mind, over all to Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, picking up please in the thought uh, in verse 10. For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain, our Lord, the captain of our salvation, perfect, through suffering, going to the cross and dying. For both he that sanctifieth, and they who are sanctified, that's God, the God that sanctifies, and they who are sanctified, are all of one, all the same source. Now God in Christ, and Christ in you. And God, the God who in Christ, is the God in you. And, there, and when did that happen? When Christ was sanctified. You got sanctified. Say it another way. When Christ died on the cross, you did what? When Christ died on the cross, you died on the cross. When Christ was buried, you were buried. When Christ rose again, you had to rise again. 
by that. All of it is possible. That's why you're seated at the right hand of God. All of these wonderful things, sanctified and set apart and saved. Because Christ took you all the way through. And all you have to do is believe. And receive him as your savior. And when you do, you don't receive piecemeal, a little bit of the cross, a little bit of the... No, you don't. You get the whole ball of wax. Is that all right to say it that way? You get the whole thing. How are you going to get saved without having the whole thing? <laughs> you don't have a little bit of Christ's crucifixion, no. You have the person of Christ who was crucified. You have the person of Christ who rose again. You have the person of Christ in his wonderful deity, God the Son, in your heart and head, in, in your body, actually, in your heart. And you have all of that at once. So now, over, if you would, over and you'll tie it together, uh, which is very simple, and you know it. Now, so all I'm trying to do is uh, get you to think a little bit of the business of seeking to find God. Because most people, when you talk to them out in the street and everywhere, if you mention God, uh, they have to think about A, depending on where they're coming from, and, and uh, about God. What about God? What about God? So they have to think. I've got to think about God. So what about God? Well, what do you think about God? What do you, and you can have a long discussion and go all over the place. Because they don't have that. They should. But they don't. They don't have it. And that's where you and I need to, because we're part of the same flesh, the same problem they have, we had, we have. So therefore, we need to understand, and that's what we're seeking to do, so that we are a little more biblically intelligent uh, when we talk about God and pray and seeking and finding. Uh, we don't have to be found, uh, finding, we have found. Now the question is, make sure you understand you have something. You don't have to find it, you have it. And you need to understand it, therefore, God say it to us. Chapter 13, verse 5, as you know. Let your conversation, your manner of life, be without covetousness, trying to have this or that, be, and be content, content with such things as you have. You don't have to have everything. It doesn't make any difference. You have a little bit for the rent and the car or whatever, and hamburger, and that's good. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said... I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Remember the five negatives. I will never, 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 never leave thee, nor forsake thee, abandon thee. Verse 6. So that the result, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. I'm not going to fear that at all. And like in Psalm 18, he's my Lord, my shepherd, my Lord, my shepherd, my shield, my buckler, my high tower. He's everything, God is. I have it all. Where am I going to go? I don't have to go anywhere. What do I have to do? Nothing. Just believe and rest. And thank God. I don't have to say, uh, God, I don't want to have, go to, I don't want to open my Bible and search the scriptures. Uh, God, I open my Bible because it's your word. I'm in your presence. And I open your Bible so that it will help me be conscious intellectually and understandably that I'm in your presence. And I want to be able to do that so that I enjoy, enjoy being saved. Thank you, God. 
Everything around me is something else. But then there's God. And you can't get out of his presence and, and if you're saved, his presence can't get out of you. You can't get out of his presence and your presence, his presence can't get out of you. That's the way it is. Now, the only way I can help you with this is if you give me two minutes, we'll pray for the Lord to take us up right now. Right now. Now, and, and on your way, you won't have time because it's so fast. I was going to say, everyone pay attention because I'm trying to tell you you're in his presence. And, and boom, you'll know it. Did that come out all right? You'll know it. <laughs> See, I'll never have to say it to you again. Never have to tell you anything again. Wow. <laughs>